Welcome to Let's Talk Color. I'm Amy Wolf, Principal Designer at Amy Wolf Color and Design. And I'm Amy Crane, Founding Designer at Amy Crane Color. We're both professional color experts who specialize in architectural color. We met while training, and years later, the conversation is still going strong. We both live our lives immersed in color and design. We often agree, but sometimes we don't, because color is personal. Color truths, however, are universal. In each episode, we'll unravel the mystery of choosing color for your home or business, both inside and out. Welcome back. Today's topic is color for commercial spaces. And though we've talked about that before vis-a-vis multifamily housing, today we're going to talk about color for other kinds of commercial spaces, spaces where commercial and other kinds of businesses and activities take place, places like retail establishments, office, healthcare places, things like that. One thing that's interesting, of course, is that um, you're not catering to the whims, views, tastes of an individual who owns the property, in best, in best case here, but trying to develop a color palette that serves a purpose, a function. Right, Amy? Right. I mean, not just a function, but also a multitude of people. Um, you know, what you said is true. Not catering to the whims of the owner of said business, but really trying to get into the minds of the multitudes of people who will be using the space as a client or a customer. Um, I find it's often helpful to develop a persona. Um, so sometimes it's it's me. <laughs> you know, the, the I think one of the very first commercial projects I did was a doctor's office. And I was a patient. And I actually spoke to one of the practitioners and said, uh, you know, that waiting room <laughs> could really use an update. And so in some ways, it was my response to the surroundings. Obviously, I wasn't going to design that waiting room to satisfy me. But I certainly did respond to what I felt needed an update um, as an individual, as, as a patient. It's interesting because updating, staying current, new, possibly modern, um, is an important aspect of how you want to color public spaces. But certainly for a healthcare facility, a doctor's office, a hospital, a clinic, whatever, uh, there's so there's so much important work as it were, that has to happen in that waiting room. And what I mean by that is you basically have nervous or anxious, or if they're waiting too long, bored too, patients sitting there. And so it's so important for waiting room color to function in a certain way. And I, and I think it's to calm, but also to interest in a way. Um, it's one of the places where I, I'm, I'm loath to even call it an accent wall, Amy, because that's just a term and an idea we think of so much in a residential space. But what I mean is really color blocking in a space like that and having different portions of the room 
be different colors, even if it's just an accent wall behind reception, because just the variety that's created by having more than one color in a space like that, um, in the most subtle way, I think keeps a brain sort of occupied as they're viewing it. And then, of course, you know, I would think we don't want to have really vibrant, warm, hot, exciting colors there. Nothing that's going to sort of stress someone's nervous system, you know. Yeah, no, I I definitely hear what you're saying. And I think artwork plays a huge role in this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, selecting art that has enough complexity in it that somebody can kind of get lost in it if they want to. Um, I think, you know, that's that's a huge piece of the waiting room puzzle. Uh, the other, the, the, the message that I got from that first medical practice job that I sort of <laughs> bullied my way into <laughs> was that the furniture and the colors in the waiting room were dated. They felt like they were a holdover from the 80s. And this this job, I mean, I don't know, I did this job maybe 13, 14 years ago. So the colors were sort of that colonial blue and rose, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And what I said to the practitioner, which just absolutely hit home, was your colors look like they're from the 80s. And the message that you need to convey is that you all are up to date technologically and medically speaking. And when somebody walks into a space, I don't think they're necessarily aware of it, but on some deep level, they're seeing dated colors. And somehow that registers an impression on, you know, what's going on. It's kind of like front of the house, back of the house in a restaurant, you know? Sure. sure. And and you want the back of the house at your medical office <laughs> to not be stuck in the 80s. And so... Yeah. yeah. It also shows sort of a level of of care or lack of care and 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 not and no acknowledgement of the fact that your patient experience is starting in the waiting room absolutely you know, that's such a great point that's such a great point that that care element yeah that's huge but outside of medical or dental certainly one's interior or exterior decor can tie into one's branding if you choose to. And it's often a really good idea. Uh, But there's many different ways of doing that. I mean, there's a very literal direct line from what colors are in my logo to what colors one is surrounded in in the interior of this business. But beyond that, you can branch out from that and not replicate logo colors per se if it's not relevant or a good idea and just think about the kind of image and vibe you want to portray about your company and choose the kind of colors that will um, create that vibe because they're, they're so good at doing that. I mean, Many mistakes can be made by just choosing logo colors, because again, just like when a client says to me, look at this great room I saw on Instagram or a magazine, 
you know, let's put it in my living room. Uh, what you see on a screen or a piece of paper is not always relevant to what you want to surround yourself with in four walls. So, you know, if your logo, for instance, is black and white, maybe there's a lot of reasons why your space should not be black and white. So it goes beyond logo color and into the overall image you want to portray and the vibe you want to create in your space. There's a local bank here in my town. I will not name names. <laughs> of course, if anybody's listening, they'll know. But their logo colors are a fairly vibrant blue and a very vibrant yellow. I mean, we know yellow is just inherently more vibrant than the other colors on the color wheel. And they painted. So my town, you know, dates back to probably late 1800s is when that architecture first started getting built. So and and it's, you know, been built through the through the decades. But I would say the architecture is definitely vintage and 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 what they did for this bank, it's on a very prominent corner in the middle of town and they painted their exact yellow logo color on the exterior trim of the building. What? Just an accent, you know, but every time I'm stuck at a light there, I have to face down this yellow and it just makes me want to weep. I mean, I just, I cannot stand it. There is a way to speak to branding colors by sticking with the hue, but dialing it down. You can still create your brand statement, but have it be relevant to an exterior surface or an interior wall. Another one of my, another commercial client, somebody I did a, an art gallery for, called me one day and she said, I just had to leave my gym. My gym just repainted. Their logo colors are bright red and now the walls inside the gym are bright red. She said, I can't even be in there. Sure. This is a national chain of of gyms and and they painted the walls this vibrant, warm, orangey red. And I mean, I can't imagine... Maybe black would be worse, but I don't know. Can you imagine anything worse for a workout space than red? No, that's awful. And I, I think about Planet Fitness, whose color is um, purple with tiny bits of white, black, and yellow uh, accents. And if you go into Planet Fitness, some of the walls are purple. Uh, it, it's very livable with, and they were yeah. able to take their logo color and bring it in, yeah. but not red. No way. Yeah. I mean, like... Maybe like a stripe around the wall mm -hmm. or like shapes or, ah, I don't know, but large swaths yeah. of red when you're sweating, you're sweating to death. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, paint paint the base of your uh, reception desk right, right. a red. And just leave it off of the, leave it off the rest of the place. I did years and years ago. I also did. I just remembered I did a local gym here and it was a small space, you know, small, I'm in a country town here. So again, people have the, the same thing. I, you know, it's the, the bottom of an 1800s building and, uh, window in the front and just one long rectangular space with, with bathrooms in the back. And, um, I did a whole geometric color blocking thing with them. And, and used a combination of mostly cool colors, aquas and greens and some blues. But the shapes were energetic. They were sort of permu permutation of arrows and bars. 
And um, some of them were muted, and a few of them were more saturated or chromatic. So, uh, which also speaks to a conversation you and I, Amy, have had before. Um, also, I mean, uh, there's many different views about what kind of colors to put in a gym. Do you put energizing warm colors in or do you put soothing cooler colors in? But that simplistic question disregards other aspects of color, which we've been talking about recently, which is value, lightness, darkness, and, uh, and Chroma or saturation also influence how the color affects you. So blues might be calming and sedate, but when you've got a bold aqua or cobalt blue, you can no longer call it soothing and sedate. So every aspect of a color influences its effect on you biologically and psychologically. For me, a soft turquoise or an aqua is always my starting point with a gym. I I feel Mm. like, you know, for a home gym, really, um, don't know whether I would do that for a commercial gym, but certainly for a home gym, there's something about aqua or soft turquoise. And everybody sees, you know, turquoise is one of those weird things. I think a lot of people think of turquoise as being greener. Um, When I hear the word turquoise, I think bluer. So anyway, there's a lot of personal variation. But I think that turquoise or aqua somehow straddle the energetic but still cooling continuum. In my mind, while aqua and turquoise are both in the blue-green-green-blue family, for me, turquoise leans blue like the ocean and aqua leans green. But this is very personal. It's kind of what you came up with, what you came up with yourself. It's, you know, there's no, there's no standard. An important part of a color in all kinds of maybe every kind of business i'm not i'm not sure a commercial space is for wayfinding right um funny funny word it's a term that i first learned in our training yeah wayfinding i mean it's really like find your way i would say yeah you need to find your way but wayfinding suddenly it became a um noun but anyway a color helps you understand, walk this way, don't walk this way, enter through here, don't enter through there. Incredibly important. Well, we know physiologically what the human eye is drawn to. The human eye is drawn to brighter colors. Warmer. The human eye is drawn to lighter colors, you know? And so we can use that to our advantage to direct traffic and to uh, yeah, I did a restaurant at one point and the bathrooms were down a long corridor with doors off of either side. And we did not want people going through those doors <laughs> because they were back at the house doors. Paint them the wall colors. Painted them out, but also really dark. And at the end of this corridor where the bathrooms were located, we painted it a bright orange. <laughs> So there was no doubt about it. So it was, it served two purposes. One purpose is the wayfinding of the individual, such that when they start to wander around, their eye is going to be immediately drawn to this orange wall that also is lit. So it has this sort of glowy nature. But also when giving directions, and this is, this is where wayfinding in public institutions really matters. If you've been to a hospital where every corridor, every department, every floor is the same color, good luck. (laughs) 
you know, how are you going to find your way? But I've been in, I think the hospital that I first noticed this in was in Sarasota, where certain chunks of the hospital were painted out in different colors. So the people giving the directions in the restaurant could say, go down the hall and look for the orange wall. Simple, simple, simple. Mm -hmm. And the same way it was in the hospital. It was easy to give directions by saying, you know, turn left when you get down there and then look for the green corridor or the yellow or the blue, you know, so it functions both ways. You know, people are able to remember where they are and position themselves in space and and find their way better. But it's also easier for those giving directions to have things color coded. Yeah, I've also seen, I think, either hospitals or classrooms where there's a long corridor of doors. You know, imagine a long corridor of patient rooms and you're going to the cafeteria and then you've got to find your way back to your family member's hospital room. And if those doors are painted different colors, you're going to remember the blue door versus the green door versus the apricot door, because I don't think I'd paint an orange door. (laughs) You're going to remember that probably sooner than you're going to remember what room number they're in. That's that's true, although I I don't think I can think of any hospital corridor where the doors were different colors. I don't remember ever seeing that. I haven't been in them, but I've seen it. um, And I'm not positive it's a hospital or whether it's a school. Got it. But I've seen it, I believe, probably in Europe. I, I do really think that European institutional design is more progressive than what we're doing here. And, um, you know, I follow a couple of, you know, architectural colorists. And of course, Frank, I mean, Frank Manka, our teacher with IACC was, um, you know, that was his specialty was nursing homes and hospitals and, you know, institutional environments. Yeah, that I mean, that's when architectural, really informed, educated architectural color can can shine, can really make a difference. I mean, you know, it's so much less about decoration and so much more about function. But it can be both. <laughs> and it should be both. Yes. I mean, yeah. that to me yeah. is the most important piece, is that we need to be thinking about function and aesthetics at the same time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, certainly when you're in um, office settings, and we've talked about this a little a little bit um, previously, um, you know, in an office, you want your employees to be comfortable, to be supported is the best word, because in some places, you know, creative thinking is going on. In other places, um, actual create physical creativity is going on in other places it's heavy duty mental contemplation you know diagnoses i mean just so many different kinds of work and you really want yes of course always have the aesthetic component there but to develop a color plan that supports the work that people are doing and you know lots of people in one space you're never going to make everyone happy um, it's like, you know, I just had a meeting with, um, three women on the director board of a local theater. I'm doing a pro bono, um, 
redesign of the exterior color of a, of a theater here. Three women, three retired, three previous lives. You know, you sit down and start talking about color. And as soon as a, an idea comes out of your mouth, it's hard. It's hard when decisions are made, either when either decisions are made by group or maybe they're not the decision makers, but the effects of your work are being felt by, endured by, and lived with by a, a large group of people who are, who are all so different. I call it, I call it color by committee. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Oh, yeah. Oh. But you know, things like eye, reducing eye strain, uh, workflow, um, wayfinding. Think about that. All of that comes into the color that you put in, in an interior space, if, if, if it's an office kind of setting, right? And then there's retail. You've done retail. Yes. Yes, I've done retail. So what, um, yeah, what, what was that about? The, the place that comes to mind first that I did, this was a small, almost like a kiosk kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. I had done a lot of work for this client for his other retail establishments, and they were creating a little tiny, like a pocket store, you know, and it was going to focus on cosmetics. He had a health food store, and they were going to pull out all the cosmetics and put them into this separate little space. It was like walking into a, a large walk-in closet. It was very cute. <laughs> And or a mini, mini, mini Sephora. Yeah, exactly. And the person who was in charge of that department in the store wanted everything to be bright white. Kind of like that Clinique look, you know? Okay, I understand. And so what I said was, yeah, okay, but who looks good in bright white? <laughs> you know? I mean, I think... I mean, I guess there's two ways to think about this. If somebody's walking into a little cosmetics store, but this was also, this wasn't makeup so much as skincare. Okay. And they're looking at themselves in the mirror. I mean, ugh, how many times have we sat at the makeup counter at Nordstrom or something under those bright lights and looked in the mirror and thought, oh, holy hell, this is, this is, <laughs> this is not good. You know, I want an environment that's going to make people look good so that they're happy with the experience on a deep level. Mm -hmm. What I was going to say was maybe the opposite is true. Maybe you want an environment in which people go in and it's unflattering and they look like yuck and then they buy all the skincare. I, I don't know. But at the time, again, this is probably at least a decade ago, my approach was that I wanted colors in that space that would be flattering to people where they would go in and be happy to be looking at themselves in the mirror. They would be happy to go in. So was it a pink peach moment? It was. <laughs> <laughs> it really does it look sure great. On, it does look great on skin tone. It does. Yeah. So what we did was we combined um, the natural birch slat walls, which have that warm golden glow. And we did throw in a little bit of peach, coral, terracotta. I don't remember the, not terracotta, but peach or coral. I don't remember the exact color, but yeah, flattering, really flattering. So yeah, because I want nice. people to sit in the chair longer. That's my goal. And I think that's every retailer's goal is that the longer somebody is in the retail space, 
the more likely it is that they're going to buy something. And so when the retail space is beautiful, yeah, appealing, and certainly when it comes to skincare, you know, that's flattering. You know, you're not looking in the mirror wanting to run away. You're looking in the mirror and feeling okay, and so you're willing to stay put. Yeah. And and to me, the longer somebody's in the retail space, the more you build your sales. And, and that's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Totally. I mean, when you think about, for instance, a clothing store and all uh, that has racks and racks of clothing everywhere, in and of itself, that's not such an appealing setup. Um, you know, how clothing and, and goods are displayed, there's such a wide range in how artfully they can be displayed. And um, I, I really think that a, like a clothing store needs to have a really, really uplifting and or fun, um, elegant, aspirational in so many ways. Like you really, it's really about the experience, kind of saying the same thing. You know, it's not just you need the dress, it's that you want to enjoy the experience of being in that store and that as you said, will keep people in there longer and hopefully lead to sales. So super important. My very, very favorite store in Northampton that sadly the owner decided to retire during the pandemic. And I, I can't say that I blame her. You know, she'd been around for, she'd been in business for a long time. She was really a fixture. But I think one of the most remarkable things, she had great color in the store, really great color. Um, but one of the most remarkable things about the experience of shopping at Artisan Gallery was the dressing rooms. They were just tiny little cabins, you know, nothing special, um, solid closing doors, pretty colors, really pretty colors. But the mirrors were lit from the sides. So you had full length mirrors with full length strips of very soft, very flattering lighting on either side of the mirror. And so you were well lit. Your yeah, face wasn't light. shadowy. You know, when you have lighting from overhead, top light, either light shining down in a dressing room or light shining down in a bathroom, and you get this kind of ghoulish look because the shadows come out and all that stuff. So this light was, it, it just was beautiful. And yeah, maybe the clothes fit, maybe they didn't, but you always looked good in Patty's dressing rooms. <laughs> so, yeah, so Artisan Gallery, what they did there was they color blocked. And so you'd walk in and the front of the store was more housewares, decorative, you know, beautiful things for the home. The middle of the store was jewelry, accessories, and then you'd go around the corner and the back was the clothing. And Patty had worked with another local colorist, uh, a, a brilliant guy, really an artist, and, you know, long before I ever came to town and had color blocked chunks of the store, which I think actually gave the store a feeling of being larger. It, which is sort of counterintuitive because I, I think often we think about color blocking as sort of chopping up a space. But it was interesting the way you would sort of move through this space and move through these different color zones. And in a way, it 
made the space, you felt like you were moving from, you know, one area to another, which kind of created this kinetic experience. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's really interesting. It makes great sense, too, because maybe maybe in that scenario where the color was tied so so tightly to the different items being sold uh, together, the the different items and the color created a bunch of mini stores. Um, so it felt like multitudes that you were going from this, yeah. this, this store to that store to that store. And though they might be just small and sections of one space, it, it created variety where it reinforced the variety in her um, goods that she was selling. Very interesting. Smart. Very smart. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, I think Patty was, was a, a brilliant, is a brilliant uh, retailer. Oh, cool. Do you find, you know, working in the world of color now, you just can't drive around looking at buildings or go into stores or any kind of interior without thinking about the color. It, it, it's so predominant um, in my mind. I mean, I, I changed dentists a bunch of years ago, and uh, I remember going into their office for the first time, and it was all neutrals, um, but they were really soft, well done, um, just, you know, a lot of times when you go into a dentist or a doctor's office, the cabinetry in your little patient care room, they, you know, it's never beautiful wood. It can't be and it makes no sense. So they're like um, laminates and stuff like that. And often, you know, they try and mix wood tones and they put a they put a wall color down that's, you know, a warm neutral, but the but the laminate cabinetry is a cool neutral and they just they it's just clashing beiges everywhere it drives me crazy yeah i i have a photograph of that exact situation i did a an office for um an audiologist a hearing aid uh, specialist and i did exactly in that office what you suggested that your dentist did which was soft neutrals uh, we used a very soft, but warm, pale, I don't even want to say it, but like a grayish color. I don't want to say gray. So, but it was, but it was, it was one of the Benjamin Moore, um, I think it was Tyler Gray. And, but all the furniture was sort of, um, you know, apple green and turquoise and the artwork was beautiful and the reception area was painted sort of a zingy green color, not too energetic, but lively enough to be welcoming and to keep the staff sort of awake and 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 zipped up and happy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This has been a fun conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, there's a chance to have a big impact out there. So when you're thinking about commercial color, you know, consider it carefully. We can We can change the world with color, right? Thanks for spending some time with us. We hope you've learned a little bit more about color for the built world. Come on back next time and hear more of us speaking about how to apply color in our modern life. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.